1: No, a lot of vet rest days for uh, for Matthew lately. Some are, some are calling him uh, Odell Berry Jr. Yeah, Raheem Mostert doesn't doesn't practice on Wednesdays anymore.
2: Yeah, Raheem You I, I did notice in that in in that short clip there, he said you guys should refer to him as champion. I wasn't there, so he didn't say anything no, about you me. You don't have to. So I could just still refer to him as like hey or dude or hey what's your name again like so I Pops. don't have
0: to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fantasy Football Happy Hour with Matthew Berry, served by Applebee's. Welcome
2: to the Fantasy Football Happy Hour. I'm Connor Rogers alongside Jay Croucher and the return of the champ. Welcome back, Matthew Berry, to the studio. Odell. Thank you very much.
3: Yeah, I'm fine with Odell. I'm fine with her. He you know, DeAndre Hopkins, whatever. Yes. One of those
1: veteran rest days. LeBron, yeah.
3: you bet. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, I'm here with my buddy, uh, my pal, uh, my friend, my amigo. I like that.
1: We'll, I be making,
3: ever... uh, we'll be sleeping together later. I'll be making sweet love to this thing. Yeah. Uh, it's stop, absolutely stop beautiful. Stop touching him like that. No, <laughs> going, no, are you kidding me? This is, this is my pal. This that's is my a, buddy. That's a crime this, in this Missouri. Is a, uh, this is now a uh, co-host of the show. By the way, I want to address what Lawrence Jackson said there, at Lord Does Lose. Um, you know what? Listen, you're right, Lawrence. I did not specifically address you. You don't have to call me champ. What you have to do is call everyone in the league champ. Yes. Because Lawrence had a tough year. Yeah. A lot of injuries, not all his fault, but let's make no mistake. Like, no team in the, uh, in the League of Assholes finished lower than Lawrence Jackson. That's right. Yes. He had a tough year at the, yep. uh, at the office.
1: Now, to be fair, he had a really bad draft as well. Yeah, so it yes. was down the so set from the start. Set up the, the yes. yeah. <laughs> yes. pile the and then failed.
3: Well, he swung for the fences. It was, very, it was a super flex league. His first pick was Lamar Jackson. Yeah. He had the number one overall pick. His first pick was Lamar, who had an MVP season. But fantasy-wise, he was very up and down. Uh, yeah. Very inconsistent fantasy-wise. And then his second pick on the come-around was Anthony Richardson, yeah. which was looking good for a couple of weeks there. So when you basically get half your first-round pick and none of your second-round pick, it gets tough. Stop and then living. there was some... There were some poor decisions in there, Lawrence. There were some poor decisions. So you don't have to just call me Champ. Literally everyone in the league you have to refer to as Champ.
1: Yeah, Lamar finished well. He is QB three on the season, yes. but a lot of that production came when he may have contributed to guys not making the playoffs in the first spot.
3: It just felt like he he would have these big games, and then he would have these games where, like, I remember the Arizona game. Yeah, this is like, like I had him in a guillotine league, and this was, the, this was the week I got cut because I had him against Arizona. And he had, like, one touchdown because they killed him because yeah. Gus Edwards had a couple that of touchdowns and, like, there was a defensive touchdown, I think. And it just – the point is is that Lamar has played very good football throughout this entire year, but fantasy-wise, the production has been in these big spike games and not consistent. You know what I mean? Like, whereas somebody like Brock Purdy is, like, 18, 20 points every single week except when he played Baltimore. But you know what I mean? Like
1: Yeah, there was a five-week stretch, I think, from week five to about week ten where Lamar cleared 15 points once yeah. because they were just, like – Killing Seattle 38-3 to three or whatever, he just never had to throw. So it was a weird season, but certainly he came good. the if you were able to get to the playoffs with Lamar Jackson, he probably won you some championships. Yeah,
3: including me, yeah. you know, and, and one of my other leagues. Not this league, though. This league I used Patrick Mahomes and, uh, and, and uh, Sam Howell, uh, if you will, and Joe Flacco. And I used Joe Flacco for uh, much of the championship run King Flacco there as well. Yes, King Flacco, our one true king. Anyway, it's, uh, it's a buddy. It's a pal. Yeah.
2: It's an amigo. Well, yeah. baby. because of that, uh, we've decided that you drink free, or a variant of you yeah, drinks free, yes. because yeah. today on the happy hour board, Pops, <laughs> Pops drinks for free. You know, it's
3: interesting. I came in, I saw the sign, and I thought it was referring to Pops, who works here. We have a we have yes. somebody at NBC who everyone lovingly calls Pops, who he's in charge of basically all the studios. This set, believe it or not, we're not actually in a bar. We're in a set that looks like a bar. It looks like an Applebee's. And that is all due to the great work of Pops and his team. They are amazing. And so everything you see on NBC comes through pops is a purview he's he's a legend here at NBC Sports and that's where I thought he should drink pretty, he always drinks way. free he, he, always built drinks he built the bar he built the bar when you build the bar we love Pops here so um anyway it's just uh, that's what I thought but no it was just a uh, just an old man reference by Lawrence it's fine yes. I will be a benevolent ruler yes. do not worry about yes. this okay. all, all right, right. I have decided I will be fairness. a benevolent
1: ruler Very happy I will
3: about rule that. with a uh, a strong but just fist <laughs> yes Yes.
1: Not iron. No. A a leather fist. Yes, yes, a leather,
3: (laughs) a leather, a soft leather fist on hold. Yes.
2: Listen, it's week 18's Love Hate. But before we get there, let's jump into the Roto World player news because we have a lot of injuries we're tracking. For all of your player news, go to NBCSports.com. Tua and Zach Moss practiced in full on Wednesday. That's a good sign. Obviously, Tua with the shoulder, it's more soreness right now. Trevor Lawrence was limited as well as his Wide receiver Christian Kirk, who could be officially activated. Jaden Reed with the chest injury. Sam Laporta with an the ankle. They were both limited as well. A lot of DMPs after that. Devontae Smith with the ankle. T. Higgins with a hamstring. Jalen Waddle with the ankle, still not practicing. Noah Brown with the back injury, also not practicing. It does not stop there. Raheem Mostert with that knee, he's still not practicing. Alvin, Kam- and that's a massive game. That's a game where everything's on the line. So watch those down to the wire. Alvin Kamara with the ankle did not practice. Kenneth Walker with the shoulder. Isaiah Pacheco with a quad and shoulder did not practice. Rasheed Rice, Najee Harris, Josh Jacobs, Amari Cooper, Baker Mayfield, and Keenan Allen all did not practice Wednesday. So you want to track these right down to the Some wire that, here. Guys. Something
3: that we can already tell you, like. Amari, Cooper ain't, play some of yeah, Amari yeah. Cooper ain't playing. Yeah, Amari Cooper ain't playing. The Browns are resting, right? Yeah. I mean, some of those guys. I don't think Jalen Waddell plays, right? You know, so some of those you sort of already know. Pacheco, Rasheed Rice, the Chiefs are going to rest. And we're going we're to get into uh, sort of the motivation, not only through Love Hate, uh, as you'll see today, but tomorrow will be a show dedicated to sort of who's playing, who isn't uh, as well. So some of them you already sort of know. Some of them make you nervous. Trevor Lawrence, like even if he goes, yeah. on the road at Tennessee – like, this might be – I don't think it is, but this might be Mike Vrabel's last uh, – a lot of
2: weird stuff it's out in It's a lot of there.
3: weird stuff in Tennessee. I think they're nuts, by the way. If I was running Tennessee, like, I think Mike Vrabel's a great coach. Yeah. I think he has done a lot with not a lot to work with over the many years. They always play tough for him. I think – I will say this. If Vrabel were suddenly to become available, come on over to the Commanders, yeah. Mike Vrabel. I would – I would take you in a heartbeat. I, I suspect that New England might make a strong run at Vrabel sure. as well. Two years if ago,
1: Vrabel was coach of the year. You got a one seed with Ryan Townell yeah. as his quarterback, with yeah. Derrick Henry missing trade half the, the year him. with the most injured yeah. team in the league.
3: Yeah, so I don't know what's going on there. But the point is, is that there's a non-zero chance that this game in Tennessee is Vrabel's last as the head coach of the Titans. And, you know, listen, they're not going to make the playoffs, but they wouldn't mind ruining the playoff chances of the Jacksonville Jaguars, their rival, their division rival. And so with Trevor Lawrence at less than 100%, this on the road to Tennessee, which is always a tough place to play, this that one makes me nervous. Like I had a buddy text me, Tua or uh, or Trevor Lawrence, and I think the answer's got to be Tua. Yeah. Oh,
1: definitely. You yeah, know, know like, again,
3: yeah. I know it's a tough game against the Bills, but, yeah, Trevor just, I, I'm nervous about that one.
1: Yeah. Baker Mayfield is the other one, the big quarterback under yeah. an injury. Because he, like, this is win and win the division, lose, and they're done for the season. And he's going into Carolina, the team that released him last year. So I think he will do everything possible to play. X-rays were negative on his ribs. So he is practicing today as a limited participant. But if you watch the videos of his practice and the beat reporting, like, he's not throwing the ball more than 15 yards. So and, I don't know. I, get, I would guess that he is going to play and probably be pretty limited.
3: And by the way, not for nothing. Over the last month, the Carolina Panthers are the second-best pass defense yeah. in the NFL. They've played kind of inspired football here. Buccaneers are only four-and-a-half-point favorites. Yeah. And I think that if you said, like, what do you think the line is? Mm. Oh, the Panthers are awful. The Bucs are, you know, a legitimate playoff team. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's got to be maybe a touchdown. or It's four-and-a-half.
1: Yeah. This kind of reminds me of a couple of years ago when Carson Wentz went into Jacksonville. as a 17-point favorite. Just needed to win to get into the playoffs. And they got completely blown out by rookie number one pick Trevor Lawrence, just like rookie number one pick Bryce yeah. Young might be able to do the Bucs. So I'd be a little bit worried about Baker because we've seen Baker play through injuries in the past, and it has not been pretty. Right. But he is a gamer. He's tough. And I think he's just going to play. But I wouldn't expect it. I mean, maybe he will. Maybe he'll be throwing 60-yard bombs to Mike Evans, but I'd be a little bit concerned.
3: It feels like this is this is a big Rashad White game. Just a bunch yeah. of dump-offs, try to run. You can run on Carolina. Game's in Carolina, so on the road. Try to take them out of it as well. And they're going to need the defense to step up. They're going to need the defense. It is worth noting, as you see it there on your screen, Roto World uh, football headline there, Baker is, in fact, practicing today. So.
2: With that, let's jump into Love, Hate, and we kick it off with the running backs. Kenneth Walker against Arizona. Obviously, this is a great matchup, Matthew, uh, for Kenneth Walker in this game.
3: Yeah, it's the Cardinals. No team in the NFL has allowed more rushing yards than the Arizona Cardinals. They also give the second-most fantasy points to running backs. And running backs that get at least 15 touches against the Cards – are averaging 22.8 fantasy points per game, Kenneth Walker has reestablished himself as the lead dog in that Seahawks backfield. They're using Charbonnet as more of just kind of a change of pace guy, so expect a heavy workload for Ken Walker this weekend. He's my number five running back.
1: Yeah, I will never understand how the Eagles contrived to lose that game against the Cardinals from 21-6 up at home at halftime in a game they needed to win the NFC East, and no Eagles running back really. Got going against the Cardinals, but I have to think that that is the outlier, and you have to look at the full season sample where they've been very bad against the run.
2: And within the same game, James Conner makes the love list of two top five running backs here, Matthew, as Conner has Seattle's defense, which has also struggled this month.
3: They're allowing the fifth most fantasy points to running backs over the last four weeks, and in fact, during that stretch, running backs that face the Seahawks averaging over 5.2 yards per carry. Like you can run on Seattle, which is again, to your point, Jay, I don't understand why. Philadelphia didn't just, you know, run DeAndre Swift 30 times in that game. It it just, it was a weird one as well. But James Conner, who's been really productive down this stretch, he's helped a lot of fantasy managers, two titles. And so if you're playing this week, we expect another big workload and a successful one from James Conner, who's
2: running back three for me this week.
1: Yep, number 31 rushing defense in the NFL in Seattle.
2: A couple others receiving votes. Jalen Warren against the Ravens. Now the Ravens obviously resting a ton of people in this game. The Steelers are favored in that game. And then Devin Singletary there, Matthew, in a massive game for the Colts and the Texans.
3: Yeah, for sure. So since week 15, 75% of the Houston Texans running back touches have gone to motor Singletary. Teams that face the Colts this year averaging the second most running back carries per game. They're going to want to establish the run, use all the cliches you want. Over the the last four weeks, Colts allow the fourth-most fantasy points to opposing running backs, so Devin Singletary, I think, is a high-end flex. And then you see Jalen Warren coming in at running back 19 for me as well. To your point, Ravens have nothing to play for. They're resting a lot of their starters. They've already announced that as well. And over the last month, the Ravens allow 5.3 yards per carry to opposing running backs, four straight games with at least four receptions for Jalen Warren. Mason Rudolph not scared to dump it off. To uh, Jalen Warren it's weird as this is to say it feels like the Steelers passing offense has found some stability with Mason Rudolph I don't know that it's success but like it it at least looks like a competent passing offense under Mason Rudolph
1: does feel like the rug is gonna get pulled underneath Pittsburgh on Saturday doesn't it I don't really buy the Mason Rudolph thing but he has been to his credit he's, he's been very solid in his starts and the one thing about the Ravens is that they have an all-world defense, but it is built on an all-world pass defense. You cannot throw on the Ravens. You can run on them. They're like an average rushing defense. There's no one gets a chance to run because they're always trailing against Baltimore. So I agree with that. And also Indianapolis' run defense, that team just can't tackle no. at the moment. And Grover Stewart back the past few weeks has helped a little bit, but still, I mean, they got completely shredded by Atlanta in particular a couple of weeks ago.
2: I actually like the Ravens' backups getting points in the yeah. game. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, really I, I I think they've built a scheme. That yeah. there'll be a drop off, but they built a scheme that they'll play them top and, and the wire. There, there's a reason. I mean, again, Mason
3: Rudolph has been competent. Yes. I guess, like he's looked better just because what we're used to is like Kenny Pickett and yep. Mitch Trubisky have yeah. looked brutal this year, right? But like he's not—he's
1: not a good quarterback. No. And here's the thing, too. And we've talked about this the past couple of days. Like, yes, the Ravens are going to be resting guys. You can't rest no. the whole team. Like, there's right. only so many spots on the roster. You know, you have so many inactives and guys like. Guys who are going to be resting are probably going to be Odell Beckham and Lamar Jackson's not going to play. Like, you can't just get rid of uh, Marlon Humphrey, Debian Clowney, Roquan Smith, right. all of these guys. Hamilton, like right. yeah, yeah, exactly. someone, so These guys have to play. And if they're Some going to play, do. they're yeah. not just like going to um, completely treat it like a preseason game given that the Steelers do and, need this one. And
3: starters are backups. The Ravens would love to keep the Steelers out of the playoffs. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, they sure. hate right. them. They, those yeah. two teams hate each other. Yep. So uh, either way, we like Jalen Ward this week.
2: We move over to the hate list with Javante Williams. Jay, the problem with Javante right now, his snap count just continues to go downward.
1: Continues to go downward, going up against a really tough Raiders defense. That I know Jonathan Taylor had a good game against them, but it wasn't super efficient. He just got a ton of volume and was able to get in the end zone. So this Raiders defense has been the best in the NFL in the second half of the season, which is crazy to say, but that's the level they're playing at. So they're just a very difficult team to run on.
3: Three straight games where he's played, to your point, under 50% of the snaps. He's averaging single-digit fantasy points in that time frame. And the Raiders, under Antonio Pierce, have played really good defense. Just to give you a stat that backs up exactly what you're saying here, Jay, they allow the six fewest fantasy points to oppose their running backs over the last month. I mean, the Raiders are playing really good defense. So you've got Javante Williams on an offense where he's not getting a ton of touches in a tough matchup. It's hard to, hard to think about him. In anywhere near your lineup he's running back 31 for me this week
1: yep and this guy he's starting to finally get his due he's not going to win defensive player of the year but Max Crosby should be top Correct. three on ballots he is and the thing that makes him special I think we know he's a great pass rusher he gets his sacks but against the run he's an absolute monster we look at his run stops his tackles for loss so he's a very tough guy to go up against every week
3: Connor I know you talk to a lot of general managers as part of your pre scouting process just curious What are your feelings? Does Antonio Pierce keep this job? Have you you gotten a sense from around the league? Have you talked to to a lot of your sources?
2: It's trending the right way for him. It really is. There's a belief there that he has a legitimate shot. And Usually it's never hire the interim coach. I think he's going into this process because they'll interview people with a leg up on everyone they're going to interview. I think the biggest question for Pierce is – do they get the GM candidate they want with him there? Because a lot of times you hire pairings. Right. And nobody knows. Truly, this is something people just don't know because it's been such a rapid ascension for Pierce. Would a GM candidate that they view with a very positive light say, oh, no, he, I'd want him to be my head coach. And I'm not leading one way or the other. Yeah, there yeah. might be a guy that says, I'm blown away by mm-hmm. what he's done. But ownership loves Antonio Pierce. Right Rightfully now. so. Rightfully and I'll so. say this. If Pierce does not get this job, I wouldn't be shocked if he got a head
3: coaching job somewhere else this it's been such an impressive turnaround for the Raiders and they've clearly played so hard for him and the players are campaigning for him yep. like he'll let me put it this way I don't know if he'll necessarily get a head coaching job he'll be interviewed he'll be he'll absolutely get uh get some looks
1: Yep. So, yes it's- been one of the most underrated stories of the season the way this Raiders defense has turned it's been the best defense in the NFL the second half of the season this was a group that people thought coming into the year would definitely be a bottom 10 unit in football and they've been an absolute monster and it's not like they're doing it just against bad teams like Patrick Mahomes could do nothing against them in Arrowhead a couple of weeks ago so I think why he has the leg up is ownership sees the style
2: that he has them playing and thinks that's the way they can get back in this division is they play excellent defense both phases stopping the run and stopping the pass and they run the ball and when you're in a division with Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and Sean Payton's going to get his guy probably in this draft, one of the top four guys or someone along that lines. They're pass happy teams, so you you kind of have to. Yep. It's a zigzag, you know, metaphor in a sense where they have to do something different to stay alive in that division. He's the guy that could do that. Yep. So great for future Josh Jacobs if he's back there as well. Justin we'll Fields in Vegas. That's it's interesting. For him. That if the, the problem is they might win too many games where they don't get Jaden Daniels, yeah. Michael Penix. Forget yep. Caleb Williams and yep. Drake May. That's. A really interesting one. He's gonna go somewhere if he's not gonna be in Chicago. No, that I, I would put them as one of the top three favorite yeah. teams. To get are those Justin the,
3: are those the obviously Williams and May are one two you know depending yep. on y- who you talk to? But are Daniels and, and Penix widely considered three four?
2: Yeah, and they're going in the top ten. I think. I think we've What's landed. I think we've landed with four quarterbacks in the top ten, and I, then in the first round you could still have a JJ McCarthy, a Bo Nix. Like this is a heavy heavy quarterback year. Battle McCarthy. Yeah, a different tier. Different tier. They tried to he's hide him. He's
1: made some plays, but he gets some Jim Harbaugh of says he's the
3: greatest quarterback in Michigan history. Yeah, I like Brady. Yeah, <laughs> I like <Tom laughs> depending Brady. where Jim I goes, <laughs> doubt, right?
1: he might be able to bring him with him. Absolutely true. I think, Jim Har- get-
3: I think Jim Harbaugh is an NFL head coach two weeks from now. Yeah. 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 It's
1: happening. Yeah, for yeah. yes. Justin Herbert, I would suspect. That yeah. makes a lot of
2: sense. Yeah. It's the right fit. They just have yeah. to be able to pay him, and that ownership typically doesn't pay very heavily paid coaches we'll see We'll okay. yeah, see. all right our next running back on the hate list ty chandler feels like some of the flame has gone out here barry with ty chandler and he goes into a detroit matchup that's a very pass funnel kind of defense not a run funnel tough matt listen ty chandler
3: against the packers last week i think was certainly disappointing over the last two weeks for whatever reason they're using a lot more madison than candidly i think they should Um, uh, But just 11 touches over the last two weeks. He's averaging under 11 touches, Ty Chandler is, in his last two games. You mentioned Detroit, right? No team in the NFL is allowed fewer rushing yards per game than the Detroit Lions as well. No running back has rushed for more than 57 yards. 67 yards, I should say, against the Lions. Uh, You think about week 16, when Ty Chandler had become a thing, he faced these same uh, Lions, had 17 rushing yards. So Chandler, who they're using Madison more in the passing attack, I don't understand that. But they are, and so in a game in which the Lions, the only thing here, the only caveat here is is that I, we don't know how much the Lions are going to play their starters. The Lions are pretty much locked into their spot. So what's the motivation here? Now, they've never been in the playoffs in a long time. Dan Campbell's a, like, you know, rough, tough, you know, we're going to eat their kneecaps and, you know, bite their children and, you know, all, all the <laughs> stuff that he did and drink their blood and, you know, and, and, you the know, and wear alone, their Dan. skin and, you know, all of those. all the He's a football guy. He's yeah. a, you know, well, shout out to part of my take. He's a football guy. And I just, um, so I feel like I lean toward the Lions playing more of their guys than not and certainly wanting to play against a division rival, but that's the only saving grace is that it might be some backups here, but... I'm nervous about Chandler he's just inside my top 30 this week
1: snaps going progressively down and I think so much of the Ty Chandler hype was built out of one how bad Alexander Madison had looked and then two just that he was so dominant against the Bengals who without DJ Reader might have the single worst run defense in the NFL so now going up against the team where like, the Dallas game was perfectly instructive Dak did whatever he wanted through the air against Detroit and Tony Pollard couldn't do anything on the ground so this is a as you mentioned, Connor, a pass-funnel defense. And Nick Mullins, for all his sins, he can throw it down the field. Like, he yeah. will make the throws. It's just the every seventh throw is madness. But yeah, the, the throws, <laughs> yeah, exactly.
3: Meanwhile, my, my uh, yes, he can throw down the field, except apparently not to Justin Jefferson. Yes. Yeah, I had, so I'm going to just, it's a Thursday show. We've got a little bit of time. So my last Sunday night, my football night in America, my three-play, my DraftKings three-play, my parlay, I had Jaden Reed over on the receptions. I had Tucker Kraft over on the uh, receiving yards. And then my easy leg was Justin Jefferson, an alt-line, at 60 receiving yards. Yeah. He had had 84, at least 84 receiving yards in every healthy game this year. It's Justin Jefferson yeah. against the Packers with no Jair Alexander. 60 yards. Like, that's the layup leg. Yeah. Like, the, the ones that I'm sort of sweating a little bit. Kraft and Reed. Kraft and Reed hit theirs easily. Justin Jefferson finishes with 59.
2: Receiving cards. It's a yeah. brutal bad beat.
1: That's a tough one.
3: 59. Yeah. Just 59, and you're like, oh, that's a bad beat. Oh, sure, it's a bad beat. But at least you weren't in front of 17 million people giving that bet out. Yeah.
1: Just on that game, that was a really interesting live betting game because it became clear after, like, three drives that Jaron Hall was just deer in the headlights. Yes. I don't yeah. know he's a rookie, and hopefully he will, he will develop and get better. But That was, it was a lot clear worse than we all thought. That, and the fact as well that, like, that was a, effectively a do-or-die game for Minnesota. And Jaren Hall's passing yards prop just stays up the whole time, the whole time. It doesn't get priced in the percentage chance that he could get benched. And then all of a sudden, his passing prop just goes from 200 to whatever he ended up at, 50 or whatever. Right. And so when there is the opportunity for a player to get benched, you can bet the live under on their passing yards. So it's just one thing for people to, to look out for next time that's in play.
2: Yeah. One last note on our running backs here. Kyron Williams will not play in Week 18 against the 49ers. A very important note as a lot of guys are rested. As Matthew said, we'll get into more of those tomorrow. How about pass catchers here, which is led by A.J. Brown. Uh, A.J. Brown. Mason
3: Rudolph, by the way, is one of those guys that's in (laughs) danger now. Yeah, Oh,
2: without a doubt. This yeah. is a, it's a do-or-die game. It's a do-or-die game, game. Right. for them. Yep,
1: If he throws a couple picks, he's in big yep. trouble. Yep.
2: A.J. Brown against the Giants. Matthew, top five wide receiver for you this week? No question about it.
3: Devontae Smith, we talked about it earlier in the show, he's dealing with that ankle sprain. Who knows how healthy he'll be, if he can go or not. And this year, when he sees at least eight targets, A.J. Brown's averaging over 20 fantasy points per game. Giants top five in terms of most fantasy points allowed to opposing wide receivers, so A.J. Brown should uh, get a decent amount of looks against... This is a game that Philadelphia needs to win to, you know, maintain a chance at winning the NFC East. So they're going to play their starters, and A.J. Brown should have a big game. He's my
1: number five wide receiver this week against the G-Men. Yeah, Nick Sirianni talked about resting guys a little bit. I don't understand that at all. Like, they... I mean, I know that it's unlikely that Dallas loses to the Commanders, but, I mean, it's one game, and it's in Washington, and Sam Howell can – he's shown that he went toe-to-toe with Philadelphia twice. By the way, this exact scenario happened last year,
3: and the Commanders beat the Cowboys in the last week of the season with Sam Howell under center. Now, the Cowboys, they had different motivations last year than they do this year, but the Cowboys still want to beat – always. Cowboys always want to beat the Commanders. Those two teams hate each other, and so, like, the Cowboys are trying. Yep. Sam Howell played really well. That's honestly what got him the job last year. So uh listen, I'm rooting for the Cowboys in this game. Yeah. We got the Go number boys. 2 pick Commanders. Understand the assignment. You understand? Hold. 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 Do <laughs> you understand we are in we're in Caleb Williams Drake May territory. Yeah. Like, you know what? Like don't screw this up. So
1: you're all in for taking whoever is left between those two. Out on Howell.
3: I am I'm not out on Howell. Relative
1: to those two guys.
3: That's what yeah, it is. You have That's to. what it is. I just I think that I think Howell's a nice player. Yeah. I think Howell is either – I think Howell is a serviceable NFL starter or a really good backup. But from everything I'm being told, and by when I say everything I'm being told, it's literally just talking to Connor, <laughs> you know, who's, who's my draft expert. He's my go-to guy. These two guys, Drake May and Caleb Williams, are like franchise-making quarterbacks. These, This is like – this is Joe Burrow territory. Right, that's what- this is Trevor Lawrence. This is like, you know –
2: Mahomesian. It's a special group. It's a special class that you you have to take one of those guys, and the class is so good that Panix and Jaden Daniels, who are phenomenal, like don't even get put in the combo with them, and right. they're still so. top ten picks at quarterback. Yep.
3: Yeah. So honestly, like I think compared with those guys, I think you you got to take one of those guys. Yeah. Like, and I also think, by the way, that then maybe you trade Howell. By the way, yep. tra- right. you know, or right. or yep. like if you or trade down, like I wouldn't mind trading like. I think I want Mayor or Williams, whoever's left, but uh, but I wouldn't mind also. Like again, I think Daniels or Penix would be great if you say so down to like five or six, and you get a haul, that's interesting as well. Depends on who the coach is going to be. I don't expect Ron Rivera to be back with the team, and I think they'll clean house. I think the I think there'll be a new general manager, a new president, I, the whole thing. Um, but uh, but I do think one of those two guys is interesting, and I just think that real quickly for one second, just think about draft philosophy. I don't think you can have too many of any one good, any position. And quarterback is the most valuable position in all of professional sports. I remember being so angry when Washington traded all those picks to move up to draft RG3. I was yeah. like, "Woohoo! we got RG3. This guy's going to be awesome. And then they used a fourth-round pick on Kirk Cousins. And I was just like, what are they doing? Yeah. We have so many needs. Why are we going to use a fourth-round fourth pick on Kirk Cousins? And that ended up being a brilliant move by uh, – by Mike Shanahan,
2: yeah, the Shanahans, by, yeah. by the
3: Shanahan's who were running the team at the time, because they were like, you can never, they had a, like a second or third round grade on cousins. And he was just sitting there in the fourth and they're like, screw it. We're going to take him. And obviously that ended up helping the franchise in a big way after, because RG three was never the same after his injury, after his, yep. his rookie year, he was an offensive rookie there and he was awesome. And there's a lot that goes into why RG three didn't work out as a pro. But um, anyway, if the commanders have Caleb Williams or Drake may and Sam Howell, yeah, I think that's a pretty good position to oh, be in, sure. and you know who knows? Maybe they bring back Jacoby. Maybe they they trade Howell and keep Brissett as a backup to yep. one of those guys.
2: Yeah, give Howell a chance to go play somewhere. Be a starter ve- somewhere. Have a veteran. Yeah, it's everything's on the table in that yeah, scenario.
3: Yeah, Howell I, Howell is an NFL starter to me, hmm. but I don't know that he's in. Those guys, I think, you know. From what everything, it just feels like those guys are potentially franchise
2: changing. Yep. No, I agree. One thing I'm consistently told going into this offseason is that with the amount of backup quarterbacks that played in pivotal games this year, that market is going to exponentially jump. It's the guys that are free agents are going to get paid more than they usually would. The guys that are trade candidates will bring back more than they usually would. Like the number two quarterback across the league will be viewed much differently than it typically was. And it has to be. I mean, we're talking about Mason Rudolph starting a do or die game. Yep.
3: No, I mean, a million of the – I mean, like, you could just go through this. We, we did this on Fantasy Football pregame the other day here, right? I mean, but, like, whether it's – you know, if the Falcons had somebody competent besides Jake Ritter Browning? or
1: Heineke huh? – yeah. Jake Browning? Yeah, yeah had, what's the bar, right?
4: Yeah, <laughs> yeah right, but, the Drake, but my the point Browning is, line. it's like
3: Jake, Jake Browning kept the Bengals' hopes alive yeah. somewhat. If Joe Flacco – think about – the Browns might make the Super Bowl with Joe Flacco, yeah. right? What are, what's the Jets' season turnout if they'd had – if they had Jacoby Brissett or they'd had Joe Flacco or Mike White or right. one of these guys that could competently run an offense. Yep. It, that's what it comes down to. I mean, so a yeah. 1,000%. I mean, it just – so Minnesota. I mean, you know, like it was fun with Josh Dobbs for a while, but like if Minnesota had somebody that they – you yeah. know, could I will always
1: think if they just stuck with Josh Dobbs. Yeah. Yeah. With with Josh Josh. Josh. A I'm a Josh
3: Dobbs yeah. fan. Yeah. I agree with you. Dobbs. I think they I think they screwed that We'd up. Give him a
1: full game, one full game with Justin Jefferson. Could he have had that? Right. No. It's a little weird. It's like we go with Mullins and Jaron Hall. Very strange. All right, our other wide receiver here on the love list, Mike Evans, J.
2: He's got the Panthers, but we did talk about the variance with Baker Mayfield's injury right now.
1: That's yeah, a little bit of a concern. You would suspect that if Baker can go that – Hopefully, he's in a good enough position to be able to feed Evans. Evans was a monster last time he played Carolina. He went seven for 162 in a touchdown. Mike Evans is about to have the quietest 1,300 yard, 13, 14 touchdown season in NFL history. Just no one pays attention to the box. Antoine Winfield Jr. missed the Pro Bowl last night. Buddha Baker gets in over it. It was just incomprehensible. Insane. Insane. Yeah, it's like voting Sam Howell MVP over Lamar Jackson. Like, what? What? How did Antoine Winfield not right. get in? So. No, I think Evans, if Baker can go and is at a reasonable health level, you'd expect that Evans will be a monster.
3: Multiple end zone targets to the last three weeks. Like, again, we always sort of look, when you make startsist decisions, one of the things you always say is, like, who's most likely to score a touchdown? And is there a wide receiver in the NFL these days more likely to score a touchdown than Mike Evans? I don't think there is. Even, even in a game in which he might be limited, he'll still get a lot of targets. Mike Evans, my wide receiver, nine.
2: Some others receiving votes here, Matthew. DJ Moore against the Packers. Calvin Ridley against the Titans. Demarcus Robinson who's uh, been one of the hottest receivers in football these last five games against the Niners. And then Juwan Johnson, who literally put you on his back and carried you to an NBC Fantasy Happy Hour championship.
3: Juwan Johnson is my guy. Take that, stupid Dev. <laughs> Every time Juwan Johnson, uh, Dev, stupid Dev, sees Juwan Johnson on screen, you should remember about how he tried to screw me out of a tight end, and he lost. But it's a really good matchup for him as the Falcons rank bottom six in both catches and yards, a lot of tight ends this season. Juwan Johnson scored in three straight. Uh, He's uh, the second-best tight end in fantasy over the last three weeks as well. You mentioned Demarcus Robinson. Look, Cooper Cup's not going to play. I think Puka Nakua plays just to get him the record, right, which is like 29 yards and a couple receptions. So I think you see a lot of Demarcus Robinson who has five straight games with at least 13 fantasy points, 29% target share last week for Demarcus Robinson. Calvin Ridley, I'm a little bit nervous, again, about Trevor Lawrence, but it's worth noting the Titans have a lot of the third-most receptions to wide receivers this season. When they played last, uh, Ridley had 31 points against the Titans back in Week 11. And finally, DJ Moore this year with Justin Fields under center, 29% target share. Super talented. You're starting DJ Moore. He's my wide receiver 10.
2: Great you, matchup as well. You brought up the Rams situation, Matthew. Cooper Cup not playing. Jay, Puka Nakua chasing a 63-year-old record, the yep. rookie receiving record. How do you set that market? It has to be, like, what, 30s? Because he's going to come out as soon as he gets it. But yeah. He is a guy that has big or at least intermediate catches consistently, like 37 and a half. Yeah, I
1: mean, I think you probably have to set it high 30s just because it's unlikely he goes and he just finishes his reception at exactly 29 yards or whatever. It's an interesting betting thing, and books will probably adjust to this, and it's always relative to price, but... Stuff like betting on Puka Nakua to get a reception on the Rams' first drive, like that should be as short as that market has ever been in history because that's the only reason he's in the game is to get this record. So I think the Puka, yeah, I wouldn't be, if you're still playing in fantasy, I wouldn't want to start Puka Nakua because he's just going to come out after he gets that record uh, and they've signaled their intent. Also, the Rams are maybe the most conservative team in the NFL with resting players. Like they don't play their guys in the preseason. Uh, and they're showing their hand not playing Stafford and Cup and these guys. So. Yeah,
3: you know, and honestly, like I saw a clip from McVay's press conference. Guy on Twitter named the Coach Speak Index, does a great job. Uh his name's Greg. And uh anyways, but he tracks all the coaches, like who's honest and right. who's not. He's really good. He's really good. Um give him a follow. But what I would say is is that, you know, he's like McVay has about a 70% – this is coding to Coach Speak Index who tracks his stuff. He's got about a 70% track record of, like, what he says on the podium it turns out to be true. And he was basically saying, like, we want to get him the record, but we want to be smart is in essence, which is basically saying, like, look, he's going to get us 30 yards and he's coming out. Right. Right? 30 yards and how many receptions does he need? That I don't know. Four, know receptions. four receptions. Four Four? Okay. By right? the way so – he, he, he needs 29, 29 yards and four receptions. Yep.
1: And so I think – Yeah. So, I yeah,
3: he's going to go five for 30 and then yeah. he's coming
1: out. Yeah. Uh, the Jags line against the Titans just dropped from basically six to three and a half. Uh, so it looks like Trevor Lawrence might be in some serious doubt there. Wow, interesting. That's okay. That's it. Okay. Wow, that's a big, big drop. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That's C.J.
3: Bethard's <laughs> worth uh, three and a half points. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like yeah, two and a half. Two and a half. Head. Head. Sorry. Yeah. I don't always do math in my
2: head. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's get into the quarterbacks then. Just love really uh, uh, lovey yeah. quarterbacks. <laughs> kicked off with Dak Prescott, of course, here. He's got your commanders, Barry. Do I need to say any more? No, oh, yeah, you commanders. One? No team
3: in the NFL has allowed more passing touchdowns this year than my Washington commanders. Here's the only quarterbacks to not score at least 17 fantasy points against the commanders this season. Josh Dobbs, Mac Jones, Trevor Simeon. Josh Dobbs with the Cardinals, by the way. Josh Dobbs, Mac Jones, Trevor Simeon, and Desmond Ritter. Dak went 331 and four touchdowns against the Commanders in Week 12, and uh, they're a lot worse since then. They, you know, they traded away their starters. Rivera's calling the plays. Supposedly, I this is a disaster to happen. The Cowboys <laughs> need this game. To win the NFC East, they win this game. They win the NFC East. That's a point of pride for them. Also means, they'll, you know, the host playoff games, I believe they become the number two seed, yep. which is nice. So they wouldn't have to go on the road until San Francisco in the championship game. Yeah, they're
2: powerhouse at home. They yeah, want and that. they're they want so good field. at home.
3: They want home field for as long as they can get it.
2: Dak is my number one quarterback this week. Jay, we look at Geno Smith as the next quarterback here. QB 6 for Matthew. We talked about how
1: bad Arizona's
2: run defense has been, but it doesn't get any better when you talk about the pass defense.
1: No, and Geno has had a strange season. It feels like it's been a letdown coming off the being comeback player of the year last season, reviving his career. I think he's still been really good at an NFL level. He's been really solid. Particularly in the game against Dallas, that was the best game he's ever played, I think. And then Titans, he led them down the field. Obviously, he takes a tough loss uh, last week against the Steelers. But now Cardinals, really favorable matchup. I mean, the Cardinals, they showed their hand with what they think of their own defense when they tried an onside kick. <laughs> <laughs> because they <laughs> knew that they weren't going to stop Philly, so let's just get the ball back and score ourselves like it's a back 12 game or something. But I think that Geno, he should be able to do whatever he wants. In a game that Seattle, they need to win. They can still make the playoffs, so they'll be going all out for this one.
3: Over the last month, only one team in the NFL allows more fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks than the Arizona Cardinals. So Geno Smith is my QB6 this week, no question.
2: Two others receiving votes. C.J. Stroud against the Colts. He's got a ton to play for. Obviously, that really helps his case this week, besides the fact that he's good. And then a deeper cut here, Matthew. Tyrod Taylor against the Eagles. Uh, still, The old guy's still running a little bit. At least 20
3: rushing yards in four of his last uh, – and all four of his starts. All four of his starts, Tyrod Taylor has at least 20 rushing yards. No team in the NFL gives up more fantasy points to quarterbacks than the Philadelphia Eagles. Obviously, game script should work in Tyrod Taylor's favor as well. They should be throwing a decent amount. He's my QB 14 this week. And then C.J. Stroud, look, during that stre- – over the last four weeks – Colts along the fifth highest completion percentage in the NFL. They've given at least 20 fantasy points to Jake Browning and Aiden O'Connell over the last month as well. To your point, not only is CJ Stroud playing for a playoff spot, but he's also, and I think this is much lower on his list, but it's worth noting, like, I think he somewhere in the back of his mind, if he balls out of this game, he's offensive rookie it's of done. the year. It's yeah, you know, done. Yeah. Like the only the only way Puka Nakua wins this award is if CJ Stroud falters and obviously he would love to come in and lead the Texans to the playoffs if they beat the Colts I believe they're in yes right
1: they're in no matter what and then the following day if the Titans beat looks like it might be CJ Beathard then the Texans would win the division and if the Jags won that game then the Texans would get in as a wild card so it's win and in lose go home with Stroud the way I'd handicap that market is I think if Stroud loses in that game and he's not heroic in defeat I think Puka's going to win that award um, just based on everything that I'm hearing but if Stroud wins then it's his award
3: yeah I think that's right. But this is why we liked the other day what we said. I said Puka plus four fifty to yeah. win offensive rookie of the year is Value. not it's pretty good odds. Just again, if your point if you like the Colts, if you think the Colts yeah. win this game, because we do believe Puka's gonna set the record.
1: Oh yeah, I would think so.
2: The hateless for quarterbacks, it's the quarterbacks that are resting. Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, Brock Purdy, Matthew Stafford, Joe Flacco, as you see their backups on the right, Tyler Huntley, Sam Darnold, Jeff Driscoll, Blaine Gabber, and of course, Carson Wentz. Jeff Driscoll filling in for Joe Flacco, who was nice enough this week to remind us just how old he is. Take a listen.
1: This is the 16th year that I've been in this league, and you can tell that guys look at you a little bit differently just because of that. I mean, I'm dealing with, you know, I, I always say it. If I messed up in high school, I mean, I could be these kids' dads. You know, it's like, you know, it's... It.
4: Always that, good for a quote, Joe
3: Flacco. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Congratulations, and like to you know also congratulate Joe Flacco. Not only a great season, but apparently all the sex he had in high school. <laughs> so uh, well done there, yes. Joe, and being smart about it. Uh, yeah. Also, you know, yeah, listen, safe. Listen, kids, yes. practice uh, practice safe sex. Very important there as well. Look. I didn't want to come up with, like, a legit hate list because it's, like, my point is, is, like, there's so few quarterbacks that are going to play and play the right. whole game. Just, like, what do you want, you know, am I going to hate Jeff Driscoll? Like, no, so this is to... Strange. This is, by the way, by the way, <laughs> shout out to P.J. Walker and Dorian Thompson-Robbins. Like, yeah. they're, they're, like, something, I like...
1: Well, T.C.L.'s on IR.
3: He's no, tired, I understand, but, but like, simple. P.J. Walker, <laughs> like, that's how, like, Jeff... Dr- Who knew Jeff Driscoll was on the Browns? Right, that's when everyone found out. Right, exactly. Like, wait, that guy's starting... By the way, if you play DFS, Jeff Driscoll is sneaky uh, mobile. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) Like, like, he could put up points.
1: His Bengals day isn't good at all. No, I'm just –
3: anyway, like, he's going to be the bare minimum on DraftKings. uh, But what I will say here is this again. Yeah, Flacco, Stafford, Purdy, Mahomes, Lamar Jackson. Those are the guys that are not playing. So, if you're playing in a championship and those are one of your starting quarterbacks, you need to look elsewhere. We'll get all into more of this who's playing, who's not, who are some sneaky starts tomorrow on the happy hour.
2: And with that, we'll take our first break. When we're back, we're taking a look at Matthew's way too early top 50 right after this.
4: Dogs are an important part of our lives, and keeping them protected is a top priority, especially against nasty parasites. That's why you got to check out NextGuard Plus, a Foxalaner, Moxidectin, and pyrantel Chewable Tablets. NextGuard Plus Chews provide one-and-done monthly protection that kills fleas and ticks, prevents heartworm disease, plus it treats and controls roundworms and hookworms. That's a whole lot of protection packed into a delicious beef-flavored, soft chew designed to make monthly dosing easy and enjoyable. So the next time you're at the vet, ask about NextGuard Plus Chews. They're the one-and-done monthly parasite protection you want for your dog. Use with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurologic disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting a preventive. Reese's
1: peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.
0: Do you want a beautiful lawn? Bragging rights in the AFC East and
2: playoff positioning is on the line when Josh Allen and the Bills travel to South Beach for a battle with Tyreek Hill and the Dolphins. The winner will claim the division crown and the loser must hit the road in the wildcard round of the playoffs. Coverage of the Week 18 matchup begins at 7 p.m. Eastern only on NBC and Peacock. All right, Matthew, it's that time. We're jumping into your way too early rankings for next year so the Should people can it? bring home one of those. Should I name it? And by people, I mean J or I or P or
1: Lawrence or Dev or Just somebody, make sure you don't else. make the same mistakes. Literally anyone else. Joe Flacco avoided in high school with that thing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh,
3: no, no. We'll, I'll oh be boy. safe. Don't you worry.
0: Don't
1: oh you worry. Oh, boy. Steven, oh, please pull up the way too early I rankings. Get me out of here. Wait till Get my, my wife here.
3: sees this between <laughs> us in bed tonight. She's, it's,
2: that's going to be awkward.
3: Or maybe not. You'll be both oh, sent to the couch. Not. Who knows? Never.
2: Never No one's ever been quickly sent to the couch. Yeah. Uh, Barry's way too early. Top 50. Shocker at number one. Christian McCaffrey followed by Tyree Kill, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, CeeDee Lamb, A.J. Brown, Ride or Die, Amon Ross, St. Brown, Garrett Wilson. And then it takes us all the way to 9 and 10, Matthew, to get to the next running backs in Brees Hall and Kyron Williams.
3: My first question to you, Connor Rogers you shocked to see two Jets in the I, top ten overall?
2: I, a little bit, honestly. I'm very high on Brees going into next year.
3: He's my number two running back, uh, obviously. just Again, we saw how he ended the season. He'll be another year removed. We expect this offense to take a step up from uh, what it was this year with Aaron Rodgers under center. I expect them to. You should talk about this more than I, but my expectations are is that like, they'll address the offensive line in of the offseason. They and they'll sign a to. backup
2: quarterback, they'll like a real one. They'll sign a backup
3: quarterback, they'll sign a real one. Um, and so even, I mean, Brees Hall was just, you know, just looked awesome. And so I think with Rodgers and or a better quarterback than what they had this year and a better offensive line, Brees Hall will be the center point center Again, it's wide receiver heavy, I think, as we look at draft trends for next year, and it's way, way too early, but – I think it'll be similar to this year, which is I think wide receivers, elite wide receivers will go early and there's going to be like running backs that you want in the middle rounds. It's worth noting that I did these rankings and they're way, way too early. And you can see the entire top 50 on NBCSports.com, Road for free. Of course, I'm a company man, but I did them as the, with sort of a common sense and as the NFL is constructed as of today, right? You know, so again, as of today, Brees Hall has no competition. Dalvin Cook's been released, right? And like, He's the guy,
2: and we expect Aaron Rodgers to be back. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah, they haven't traded for, like, a Devontae Adams yet. They can impact yeah, Garrett yeah, Wilson's yeah. targets. Things like that.
3: Exactly, for uh, for Garrett Wilson. Um, I, you know, one of the toughest ones for me was CeeDee Lamb here. Yeah. So, I mean, like, he's been nothing short of terrific, but I just I couldn't rank him ahead of Tyreek Hill, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson. Am I crazy on that?
1: Uh, I didn't think you Crazy. I probably. I mean, look, it's so close. I would probably have Jefferson and Lamb above Chase, just because of the amount of rec- like just the finish of the season that C D Lamb has had. He's having those, you know, those peak Jamar Chase yeah. games. And uh, with Jefferson, if Je- I mean, there's a bit more uncertainty at quarterback for him. But if they get Kirk Cousins back. I mean, Justin Jefferson, he's Offensive Player of the Year last year. I still think he is the guy. A
3: lot will change. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, what you see here with all the wide receivers in the top ten are just all these high-floor guys.
1: Yeah. Right? I mean, so
3: Lamb, Jefferson, Chase, Amon Ra, of course, A.J. Brown comes in at six just ahead of him. And, you know, McCaffrey, I not only is he number one, he's number one by a clear margin.
1: Yep. It just feels like Chase has more quiet games than Jefferson and CD Lamb. I mean, maybe it's just because he's got T. Higgins, who's probably a well, better complement than the Higgins other guys. Higgins might no. be on no. the move. move on. That's, yeah, yeah. that's, it, that's a key thing here. Yeah. The target share for Chase could be astronomical yeah, if they move that's on a good point. Yeah,
3: If you yeah. sort of look at the, that's one of the things. I do think Higgins, as somebody who, like, you know, I grabbed uh, Andre Isavis or whatever yeah, yeah, in a yeah, number yeah. of dynasty yeah. leagues. Yeah. like Princeton legend. Right, Princeton legend. Um, you know, and I know there's. So there's a lot of people competing for who's going to replace Higgins in the Bengals lineup, and they may get a free agent or drop somebody. But um, I definitely do think Higgins is on another team next year.
2: Okay. Let's look at 11 through 20, which is very running back heavy in the beginning here. Jonathan Taylor, Bijan Robinson, Jameer Gibbs, Stefan Diggs, Puka Nakua. Hello to the top 15. Puka, the San Francisco stack, Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk at 16 and 17. Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen at 18 and 19. And then Saquon Barkley at 20, Barry, he's another guy. Interesting quote from Saquon Barkley this week. He, he's reiterated throughout his career he hopes to always be a giant, but he also said something along the lines that a fresh start has crossed his mind at times. So, another guy, a fantasy star that could have a new home as well.
3: Yeah, you know, and it's interesting, right? So, the running backs are all here, right? You know, I ended it with Kyron Williams at 10, and then you see Jonathan Taylor, Bijan. I, I ranked them where I think they should go, But this sort of section makes me nervous. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, you think about Kyron Williams, who had such a magical year, but, you know, smaller guy and Kenny, you know. He
2: did get hurt this year. He did
3: get hurt this year. And is he kind of a one-hit wonder on Kyron? You know, Jonathan Taylor, you know, two of the last three years, he's been, you know, massive injuries. Bijan, assuming Arthur Smith is back, makes you nervous a little bit because of just Arthur Smith's nuttiness uh, as well. Love Jameer Gibbs as well, but you've always got Montgomery there. So it's just – this is a – Range of running backs, that makes me a little nervous, although they're all awesome.
1: Yeah. Well, Jonathan Taylor's an interesting one to me because I think that his ceiling is relatively defined just because Anthony Richardson is going to be the guy Correct. next year and Jonathan Taylor is just going to get James Connard at the goal line or he's going to get, it not quite as dramatically, but DeAndre Swifted at the goal line where, you know, like Kyle Murray, like Jalen Hurts, he's just going to lose a lot of touchdowns to his running quarterback.
3: I will say this about Gibbs, though. He finishes the year as running back seven. I mean, think yeah. about that. Dave Montgomery scored 12 touchdowns this year. And Jameer Gibbs was still running back seven. And
1: Gibbs didn't really become a thing until, like, week five right. or six. Correct. The first month was really slow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Easy, Montgomery, got,
3: Montgomery got hurt there yeah. for a while, so that sort of forced Gibbs into a starting role. But still, down the stretch, they've often used Gibbs and not Montgomery when they're getting close.
2: And on the flip side, what will that offense look like when Ben Johnson takes a head coaching job? Yeah. It could mm-hmm. be great for Gibbs. It could take a step back. Yeah, There's a lot of variables, up. and that's why doing these so early uh, is, is uh, tricky.
3: Yeah, and I'll tell you – you know, going back to this, the one guy that really I struggle with a ranking for is Stefan Diggs. Now, I'm at number 14 overall. But, like, over the last six weeks, he's been a – he hasn't been a top 50 wide he's receiver. You know? He's been invisible. And you're just like, has he hit a wall? Like, you know, I mean, he's hes not old
1: by wide receiver standards, but he's certainly, like, I don't know. Kind of feels like he's going to be on a different team <clears throat> or something. Doesn't Something's it? That's just off. Too, it's just Something's too weird off. that he's not playing that much. Yeah, I don't know.
2: Let's close it out with 21 through 30. Travis Etienne at 21, followed by Cooper Cup, James Cook, who had a great second half of the season under Joe Brady. Michael Pittman Jr., another guy that could potentially find a new home, but we'll see. Chris Olave at 25. Nico Collins at 26. Devontae Adams at 27. Travis Kelsey at 28. Devon Achan at 29, Mike Evans at 30. Travis Kelsey at 28, Barry, I mean, I feel like that's the lowest you've probably ever had him since he's become a fan. He's on Roman
3: pace for game. his fewest receiving yards in a season since 2017. The, the fact that he did nothing
2: against Cincinnati
3: last week was really an eyebrow raise, right? I mean, yeah. like, that the Bengals are so brutal against tight ends. It's championship week, and, like, I thought Kelsey was going to have a monster game, and he didn't. And he just – he looks slower to me. Yeah. He looks like he's lost his step. Now – He's never been the fastest guy. He's always been a guy that sort of creates space, finds the holes in the zone, uses that run-after-the-catch ability, You know, uses his physicality, and we expect the Chiefs offense to figure it out this offseason, but still, I don't, I'll say this. I don't think the Chiefs win the Super Bowl this year, but on the off chance they did, I could easily see Kelsey saying, you know what, it's been a great career. I got three Super Bowl rings. I'm going to go be super famous with my girlfriend. Like, you know yep. what I mean? Like, seriously, like, he's got an unbelievable post-playing career yes. lined up for him. He is massively famous. He's charming. He's doing commercials. He could be in broadcasting. He's got a production company. Like, there's also, sort- I don't know how much longer this guy plays, and so he's... He's going to be my number one tight end next year, but he's a third rounder for me, and I bet you I have no shares of Travis Kelsey next year.
1: Yep. I think I'm going to end up with a lot of shares of Cooper Cup just because I think there is a lot of mitigating circumstances for his down games. He's been injured. Uh, There have been games where they've just run the ball a ton. He's still had four games over 110 yards this season. So I think the Cooper Cup from a couple years ago is still there, though he will be 31 next year.
3: I will say the third round is packed. Like, just looking at some of these names here, just like, I'm actually more excited about the third round than I am the second round, if that makes any sense. But you think about guys like Pittman, Olave taking a step, Nico Collins is now in that tier as well. A-chan taking a step up as well. So I just, you know, uh, I think, can't wait to get <laughs> drafting already. Like, yeah. come on, let's get, yeah. let's get next season here. i got to defend this baby. i got to defend my God. puppy.
2: For the full way-too-early top 50, make sure to check it out on NBCSports.com. Tonight, be sure not to miss a doubleheader of Big Ten basketball in the Great Lakes State. The action starts when Penn State takes on Michigan State at 6.30 p.m. Eastern, followed by a nightcap of Minnesota at Michigan at 9 p.m. Both matchups can be found exclusively on Peacock. By the way, if you have any issues with my rankings, please tweet me at CroucherJD <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and at ConnorJRogers. Pick up lines when we're back.
4: Dogs are an important part of our lives, and keeping them protected is a top priority, especially against nasty parasites. That's why you got to check out NextGuard Plus, a Foxalaner, Moxidectin, and pyrantel Chewable Tablets. NextGuard Plus Chews provide one-and-done monthly protection that kills fleas and ticks, prevents heartworm disease, plus it treats and controls roundworms and hookworms. That's a whole lot of protection packed into a delicious beef-flavored, soft chew designed to make monthly dosing easy and enjoyable. So the next time you're at the vet, ask about NextGuard Plus Chews. They're the one-and-done monthly parasite protection you want for your dog. Use with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurologic disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting a preventive.
1: Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.
0: Do you want a beautiful lawn?
2: Don't forget on DraftKings Sportsbook this season, new customers can bet $5 and pocket $150 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Download the app and use the promo code Barry when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook. The The crown crown is yours. yours. I was hoping you guys would
4: join Yeah. never let me down. Pick up
2: Lions time here at the Happy Hour Bar. Jay, what do you got from Matthew this weekend with a lot of games, with not a lot to play for?
1: Okay. Here's what I got for you, Matthew. I got kneecaps. Bitten kneecaps. Dan Campbell and the Detroit fighting Lions. Three and a half point favorites against Minnesota. Now, this line is baking in what you were talking about before. The Detroit, I mean, they still have the two seed to play for technically, but they don't really have that to play for because we expect Washington will get done by Dallas, but I think Dan Campbell is going to go all out to win this game after what happened at the end of the Dallas game after saying that he is uh, full of controlled fury and pure octane. I think it is part of his brand to go all out to win this game to knock Minnesota fully out of the playoffs to enter the playoffs with momentum. I think the market is projecting that he will do the rational thing. I think Dan Campbell is a madman in a good way. I think that's why this team is successful. I think they're going to go all out to win and if they're playing fully healthy then this line is substantially higher uh, and I think that uh, he will win and cover minus 3.5. Yeah, All right. I like that a lot. I also I think too.
2: the record means something to them how many yes. wins they get, because yep. the Lions just don't have a lot of years like this in their yeah, history. Yeah, they
1: go 12-5, and five and you're in the mix for a 2C. That's, f- that's one of the greatest seasons ever in Lions history. Exactly. Yes. It looks a lot different. All right, for
2: me, Matthew, we're going Jets at Patriots under 30.5. You might look at this point total and laugh and say, <laughs> okay, it's very Iowa-Northwestern gross, 30.5. Yeah. It has to go over... These two teams, the last two times they've met, and this one, when Zach Wilson and Mac Jones and have been playing, averaged 19 points in those games. 19. They didn't even make it yeah. to 20. Yeah. The over-under is at 30 and a half. New England's run defense has been great for about six weeks. Now, I'm not saying great by their standard. Great across the league. Yeah. The Jets need to run the ball because Trevor Simeon cannot throw it further than nine yards. Yeah. There will not be a lot of points in this game.
3: I like both those. I like both those. Mm. Um, I think – I think I'm going with the the under on the. Uh, I, I agree with you. I Dan Campbell's a madman, but could I see Greg Joseph kicking a late field goal and cover the three, you know, something <laughs> yeah. like that, you yeah. know, like whatever. I, um, uh, so I like both bets, but yes, Connor, you, you get to come oh, home with yes. with me and this bad boy. Lovely. Look at that. Look at that. Oh no, don't you, don't. you don't get to touch it. You don't have to get to touch it. You can just uh, look, look at, that. at it. You, uh, look it. <laughs> oh, you look no. at it. That's right. That's me and my girlfriend. Oh, that's man. absolutely right. I'm gonna. I'm gonna make that my profile picture.
1: Oh, <laughs> look at this ball. beauty. At least the header.
3: Yeah. Yes, thousand percent. Unbelievable. I yeah. will say
1: these Jets Patriots yeah. games. Is this good? No Offensive. They've good? been some Is of this the worst the TV? games I've ever seen. See, yeah. yeah. on Connor? See Connor. Yeah. The host yeah. of the show. I'm just the the That's
2: it. Back here. You're right, Jay. They're truly miserable.
3: When I drive it at home, I'm going to put a seatbelt around it just to make sure. sure it's, you know, uh, seatbelt pop. And in the front alarm seat. Will go in the front seat anyway. I've got airbags, yeah. so nothing can happen to us. <laughs> <Yeah. in this. laughs> You're set. Yeah. That's right. it for us. Hey, okay. it's closing time. You can't. You can't stay here. You got to go home.
1: <laughs> Goodbye. I'm the champ.
4: Love you. Goodbye. <laughs> Dogs are an important part of our lives. That means protecting them from parasites. Ask your vet about Nexgard Plus foxyloner, moxidectin, and pyrantal chewable tablets. Nexgard Plus Chews provide one-and-done monthly protection against fleas, ticks, heartworm disease, roundworms, and hookworms. Plus, they're delicious and easy to give. Use with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurologic disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting a preventive. Ask about NextGuard Plus Chews.